Welcome to our Simply Sustainability podcast presented by Clarisys. In this series, we look at what can sometimes be the intimidating topic of sustainability and break it down into digestible, bite-sized chunks to help you on your way to a more sustainable future. Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, my name is Estelle Douglas and I'm a consultant here at Clarisys. And before I introduce who's joining us, I'll explain what we're talking about today, which is the Young Sustainable Innovators Programme, or YSIP. This is an opportunity for participating companies of the UN Global Compact to identify young talent within their organization to collaborate and accelerate business innovation towards the Sustainable Development Goals, or the SDGs. It's a 10-month accelerator program that activates future business leaders and changemakers to develop and drive innovative solutions through technologies, initiatives, and business models, and deliver on their company's sustainability objectives. Clarence has participated in the YSIP program this year alongside a number of other teams, including Vodafone and Arab. Who join us here today. So I'll hand over to Jacob, who's also from Clarisys, to introduce himself and then to Vodafone and Arit as well. Thanks, Estelle. My name is Jacob. I'm also a consultant here at Clarisys and I was a member of our team on the on the YSIP program. So really excited to be here today. Thanks, Jacob. So I'll introduce myself now and then maybe a little bit out of company. So delighted to be on the podcast today. I don't know about you, but since the programs ended back in July, I've kind of been eager to chat to the other companies and see how you're all getting on. So I feel like this would be a great opportunity for that as well, kind of discussing some of the highlights of the program. So my name's Sophie Cassidy. I'm a software engineer at Vodafone. For those of you who aren't aware, Vodafone is a telecommunications company. However, we're going through a bit of a cool phase in Vodafone at the moment. As part of our tech 2025 strategy and vision, we're going through a digital transformation from a traditional telco to a technology communications company. So there's a massive focus at the moment on projects, anything to do with technology. So ones that utilize big data, internet of things, and of course, connectivity because we're Vodafone. As well as that, it's important to know some of their key pillars are digital society, inclusion for all, and planet. So we've got a really big commitment to playing a role in helping the planet. And we really believe that we're going to be able to do that through our capabilities and partnerships. So as part of the SDG Innovator Program, Team Vodafone, we focused on sustainable agriculture. That was because of kind of passions for the team and also kind of different focuses within the business at the time. We were wanted to tackle issues such as biodiversity and food security. So when delving into kind of what exactly sustainable agriculture meant, biodiversity and bees in particular kept coming up. So we thought that we could kind of tackle this and some of the stats around the importance of bees and biodiversity are really startling. So bees ensure the pollination of over 80% of crops and wild plants in Europe, which equates to about a third of the food we consume. So they're very, very important in our ecosystems. And we thought we could leverage Vodafone's capabilities and partnerships to make a difference in this area of agriculture. So we came up with the idea of VBIOT. So it's a smart beehive solution for farmers. And the whole aim is to improve biodiversity in agriculture, focusing on bee populations. So the project is that we're going to install Internet of Things sensors into beehives to measure parameters that signal not only the quantity of bees, but also bee colony health. And by providing these smart beehive solutions, we're not only going to increase the population of bees, but also by tracking the bee colony health, we're going to maintain optimal hive conditions and ensure the future survival of the bee colony, whilst maximizing crop pollination for the farmer as well. So kind of a win-win for both biodiversity and the agriculture industry. That's really interesting, Sophie. So 
I mean, bees isn't something you would normally associate Vodafone with. So I'd be really interested to know the thought process of like how you guys, you know, came to, to focus on that issue. I know. Yeah. I think most people who hear the project initially think of that like bees, very random. But it isn't that random. That's why I kind of gave that spiel at the start of kind of where Vodafone's current place is and what we're kind of focusing on and what our strategy and vision is at the moment. And Vodafone is focusing on how we can use technology throughout society and focusing again on those three pillars that I discussed with one of the most prominent ones that we're focusing on at the moment being planet. There are lots of other kind of cool, interesting agricultural based products that we already have in Vodafone. One particular is My Farm Web, which is, again, a kind of a digital solution for farmers, but it's a digital precision agriculture platform. So essentially what it does, it is it installs sensors all over a farm. So the farmer can track exactly the water quantity that they're using, where they're using it. Fertilizer is what fields are being maybe over fertilized, what's being under fertilized. Even kind of the roots of the tractors, they'll be sensors in the tractor so you can see exactly the route that it's taking. So you know if you're minimizing the amount of fuel that you're consuming. So there are lots of projects to do with agriculture and maybe not kind of the traditional mobile network provider projects that you'd associate with Vodafone. So that was kind of our starting point that we, as kind of an insider in Vodafone, we know lots of the kind of other, maybe not traditional Vodafone projects that are going on. And then as well as that, I think one of the main focuses that we wanted to tackle whenever we first joined the program, it kind of tying into our own personal interests, passions, and all that stuff as well, because the program was a real fantastic opportunity to, alongside your J job, delve into your passion project. We had someone in the team who was very heavily involved in agriculture in Vodafone. And then another girl on the team, Amy, who is a biodiversity enthusiast and it radiates off her. I could talk to her for hours about it. And then myself, I'm an engineer. So anything to do with kind of tech and how we can use tech to produce something that's really useful for people is what gets me going. So yeah, it kind of just fell naturally just from our own personal interest, but then again, kind of tying into some of the bigger projects that are happening across Vodafone as well. Yeah, that's really awesome. I think it, it really captures a lot of the, things that we emphasize in the program around like trying yeah. to create a link between sustainability and innovation was a big theme and also thinking about sustainability in like more broad terms through the SDGs. So really awesome project. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. And I think like Jacob just said there, it really embodies that innovation part of the program that we we're on. I feel like that was a really big theme that they were trying to push onto us when we were going through the program in terms of that blue sky thinking. And it'd be really interesting to kind of see where that goes with your project as well, in terms of what are potentially the wider uses for that data that you collect and how that can be then used in different contexts and things to help the biodiversity agenda and how that can then, as you mentioned, help with the agricultural sector as well. So it sounds like a really interesting project. I'd be really keen to keep up to date with what you kind of do with that. 100%. I'm very excited to see where it goes as well. Big plans for the future. Amazing. And Holly, would you like to introduce yourself and the project that you're working on? 
Yeah, so thank you for having me on the podcast today. I mirror Sophie's comments in that it feels like it's been a bit of a whirlwind since we finished in July. And it's really nice to kind of catch up with you again on this. So my name's Holly Crossland. I am a social value consultant at Arup. And for those of you who are not familiar with Arup, Arup is the global multidisciplinary engineering and design consultancy. So we've got offices based all over the UK and also sort of throughout the globe. And a really big ethos that we have at Arup is sustainable development is everything. And that's been a really core focus of Arup since we launched our Better Way strategy in 2019. So when we got the opportunity to send a cohort of early careers people to the YSIT program, we were really excited and after many months of trying to come up with a project, we decided to focus on regenerative design. So we're going to be developing a regenerative design toolkit that will be an internal Arab initiative to raise capability of Arab staff within regenerative design. For those of you who are not familiar with what regenerative design is, we have been working to the idea that design ranges on a scale from conventional to regenerative. And what we really want to be doing at Arup is moving the dial past sustainable and closer to regenerative. And the reason for that is in order for society to exist within the planetary boundaries, we need to be actively reversing the damage done to date to the planet. And one way to do that is by creating a net positive impact through regenerative design. So we want this toolkit to be interactive. We want it to be accessible to Arab staff. And it's really about building up that knowledge base within Arab staff and their capability to practically implement regenerative design on projects for clients. Oh, super interesting. I have a question about the kind of jet regenerative design thing. I think whenever your company was discussing it during the program, it was one of the first times that I'd heard about it. Would you be able to kind of give an example of one of the types of projects in Arup that has been regenerative design and having that net positive impact? Yeah, so one of the examples that we really like to draw on is around projects relating to biodiversity. What we really want to move to with regenerative is actively having a net positive impact on those habitats that would surround a project. So this might be actively improving the neighboring habitats. It might be choosing building materials that actively improve biodiversity through incorporating things like green roofs or beehives or something similar to that. Or it could be around what you're kind of giving back to the local area as well. So are your staff volunteering and giving more back to the local community through conservation and things like that? So it's about not just trying to have a net zero or a net negative impact. It's really about focusing on that net positive, giving more back than what was there before so that we can try to start actively repairing the damage that we've done to the planet. Yeah, I think that's really awesome, Holly. Like it's interesting to see how your project really does shift the discussion. I think a lot of the time when we're talking about the climate crisis, we are obviously talking in quite negative terms for a really good reason. But I think one of the things that your project does is gives us a register to talk about things in a more positive way and 
I just think it's nice to hear people talking about the way that they approach sustainability, not as about stopping the bleeding, but actually, like you said, like having a, a net positive impact and really making the world a better place as opposed to uh, stopping it from uh, from falling apart. I think that's a really positive and great way to look at it, Jacob, in terms of having a more positive outlook on the work that we can do as professionals to help the climate crisis and to sort of give back to the planet, as you said. And I think I saw a really interesting image on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, and it was kind of somebody looking off into the distance and around where they were looking were all of the different elements of sustainability. So the things like that are within the planetary boundaries, like ocean acidification, biodiversity, things such as that. But what they were looking at and missing, uh, what they were missing all of that, but what they were focusing on was that kind of zero carbon. And I think that was like a really good kind of way of looking at it in that it's not just about making no net new emissions. It's actually about taking a more holistic look at how you can solve the health of the planet and improve the health of the planet because it really is this interconnected system of all of these different aspects that create a healthy planet that you have to look at all of them together and you can't and I think that's reflected in the sort of the SDGs and the work that we were looking at on the WISIT program in that you can't just look at one thing in isolation same with the SDGs and expect that to make a sustainable project or a regenerative project it's about looking at all of them holistically and building every single one of them up to create this like web of improvement for the earth and yeah, that's what we're kind of really trying to change the narrative on in our projects and move that focus away from just being about the narrative of just being about net zero and that it's, yeah, about looking holistically. Amazing. Thank you, guys. And Jacob, I'll hand over to you to discuss what Via Clarisis came up with during the WISIP program. Thanks, Asel. I mean, that's a pretty hard act to follow. Those are two really awesome projects, but I will jump into to what we got up to at Clarisys. So for our project, we designed a workshop to help our clients redesign their customer journey to be more circular. Now, I guess before I go into that in more detail, I might just take a step back and take you on the journey of how we got to that. One of the big focuses of the program was learning to love the problem and really understanding the challenges that you wanna solve before jumping to solutions. And I think the SDGs are a really good way of focusing that exercise. So as a consultancy that works really closely with clients to understand their processes, their customer journeys and their business models, uh, we thought that SDG 12 was a really natural focus for us. So SDG 12 is about responsible consumption and production, and it encourages us to learn to use and produce in sustainable ways that will reverse the harm that we've inflicted on the planet. And one of the really powerful ideas that is often associated with SDG 12 is the circular economy. I'm sure lots of people have probably heard about that before, but just in case you haven't, the circular economy is a system solution framework that tackles global challenges like climate change, biodiversity loss, waste, and pollution. Um, and it encourages us to shift from the current world that we're living in, which is that of a linear economy where we take, make and waste towards a circular economy where we regenerate natural systems, we design out waste and pollution, 
and we keep products and materials in use. So a really simple example of this would be Morris Bikes in London, which is one I know that I use a lot. So instead of one person buying a bike until it breaks and then throwing it away, we all share the same resource. We pay for access to it for a limited time. And then the company who manages the bikes is responsible for repairing them and, and looking after them. So I think as Clarisis, what we find really interesting about the circular economy and that Boris Bikes example is that it requires a much closer relationship between customers and businesses. The Boris Bikes don't work unless people will return them when they're finished and they won't do that unless they have an incentive to do so. So in that example, people return the bikes because they put their credit card in at the start and they will be charged for every half hour that they, you know, have it out before they return it. So what we wanted to do with our workshop and through our project was to help our clients and to help organizations imagine what a more circular customer journey might look like for them. For example, if you want to move to offering your products as a service, how does your relationship with your customers change? What will you need to do to make sure that you're meeting the same functional and emotional needs of your customers? while shifting to a more circular way of running your business. And I think the last thing that I'll add is that for this program, we specifically geared our workshop design towards the food and beverage industry, because this, this is an area where we have a lot of experience. We've done some work before with a pub chain called Peach Pubs, where we've helped them to design a net zero customer experience. And yeah, we thought that the YSIP program was a great opportunity for us to kind of take some of that work further. Amazing. Thank you, Jacob. I just wanted to add that Clarisis, because we don't necessarily produce any products, it was quite difficult to sort of look within and say, where can we make the biggest impact? And internally as a company, it wouldn't be as great of an impact compared to if we help customers um, or we help our clients. So like, as Jacob mentioned around, um, you know, if, if we were helping with forest bikes like we would be you know helping that organization incentivize and understand the behaviors and sort of that impact would sort of hit a lot more people and reduce waste there in that way compared to doing it internally so that was kind of our thinking around that yeah Estelle Jacob the idea is great I love the forest bike examples I'm also an avid user of them <laughs> they're fantastic I think one of the things that jumps out to me about your idea and something that we focus on a lot in the camps is we talked about the idea of kind of complexity and complicated and how sustainability issues are inherently complicated and complex. And I think that's what your workshop really addresses as well. It's kind of helping people along with that process. And I think one of the main reasons why projects become complicated is because of people. People make things complicated because they've got emotions and everything else that goes with it. So yeah, I think kind of helping companies come up with a product that falls into that circular economy uh, framework and helps them kind of have the best interactions possible with their customers. Fantastic idea. So yeah, fantastic work. Thanks, Sophie. And I think what you're picking up on there is, is something that we were thinking about a lot, which is often when we talk about sustainability, we're thinking about things which are maybe back-end processes. So stuff like how do we dispose of waste, for example. But the first instinct is not to think about like, what's actually happening with customers, how are their emotional needs changing based on the changes that 
we're making to our product and to the journey and experience we're offering to our customers. So I think that's something that at Clarisys we work with every day. We have a real interest in, in customer experience and we want to yeah, bring that expertise into the sustainability space. Yeah, thank you. And I think also we wanted to use this opportunity to be as ambitious as possible as well. You know, we wanted to say like, okay, if we're working with certain clients within sort of beverage, if there are a chain, for example, that's spread across the country, that's a really big task to tackle, but the impact of it could be absolutely massive. So we really wanted to just position ourselves and find ideas and ways that we can sort of contribute to making a change on that sort of scale. So I think we've all sort of been given the opportunity to develop very ambitious solutions to these challenges. So I think hats off to everyone here. It sounds like a fantastic idea. And I think we probably shared some of the same challenges in that we're also a set of consultants. And I really kind of related to what what you said there around finding that niche of where you could create the most value if you're not a product producing company. And yeah, it sounds like you've made a really great idea out of trying to find that niche of where you can really create that value. And circular economy is, it seems to be a real, um, real hot topic at the moment. I feel like I'm always seeing stuff about circular economy. So the fact that you've come up with such an innovative idea around that, that sounds like it's going to really bring value, feels like it's kind of the start of a bit of a circular economy movement for Clarisys. It sounds really interesting. Again, I'd be really keen to catch up with what you're kind of doing on that as it progresses. Thanks, Holly. So I'm just going to move us on to just have a, a little discussion around what your highlights of the program are and just sort of any reflections that you have around the SDGs as a framework. I could jump in first. So from Team Vodafone's perspective, the program was excellent. We like really, really enjoyed it. Some of the main highlights I would think are working with so many other young professionals who have kind of the same passion for sustainability and that who want to be the change makers from like taking a quote from the program itself in their organizations. Um, and yeah, kind of just seeing all the different ideas, kind of the enthusiasm from each team and showing up to the camps and everyone's participating and brainstorming together, helping people out. We'd go off into our individual breakout rooms. And then when we came back as a group, everyone was kind of chipping in of like, oh, we should try this. So it really felt like a communal effort. And yeah, just really inspirational to be kind of around so many people who are very ambitious and driven in the sustainability sector. As well as that, I really, really enjoyed the external speakers. I don't know about the rest of you, but I just thought they were phenomenal. One in particular was Cattell from Inset. Um, I'm a major fangirl now, but she was just amazing. And I really liked the talk that she gave because it was really candid and honest. And it kind of highlighted that it's not all blue skies and plain sailing, that it can be tricky, but just to push through and kind of persevere. And then, yeah, final highlight for me was being able to dedicate the time in work, we're all very busy with our day-to-day -day jobs and lives. And it was a fantastic opportunity, especially kind of as a software engineer who doesn't have a traditional role in sustainability in Vodafone. It was amazing to have the time dedicated 10 months with five camps that I could spend innovating with the team, which was just fantastic, and kind of tackling sustainability issues and, and this sort of initiative. So yeah, that was just kind of a major highlight for me as well. I also agree with the fact that it was a great chance to like be 
sort of in the same, you know, virtual room, but with so many different young people that are also just so passionate about sustainability, but it, not to be an echo chamber as well. I think because we're all from different industries and different sectors, we were able to give each other like very well thought critical feedback to improve what it was we're working on. So that was probably my favorite part and just like that sort of networking opportunity to get to speak to you guys that are doing something completely different to us but it's also just really inspiring I suppose just to know what other industries are doing and how they're tackling the issues around climate change. Yeah no definitely I think that's another thing the different perspectives from all the different uh, companies as well everyone approached from a different angle which was so interesting to see it was just, as you said, it was a virtual room. It was such a shame we weren't in person. So hopefully, fingers crossed, the next couple of months, we kind of get to meet up again and see the progress that everyone's made. Yeah, I think from Team Arup, one of the main things that we definitely identified as a highlight is very similar to what you just said there, Sophie, in terms of having that space to think about sustainability and innovation. I think one of the things that they really stressed at the start of the programme particularly in that brainstorming phase in the first couple of camps around taking this opportunity to do some blue sky thinking, that kind of thinking where there really isn't a limit and there's no kind of stupid ideas, which I think being able to have like 10 months of really just focusing on that. And as you said, Sophie, having the space to do that is actually quite a rare opportunity. Sometimes in the professional world, we were kind of sat there thinking of ideas without that initial limits of budgets, times, what's my manager going to say if I suggest this, is this doable? And it was so nice to really let those creative juices flow really in terms of sustainability because you don't often get that opportunity day to day. So I think for us, that was a real highlight. And again, also similar to what we've said, just being able to hear the different perspectives and the different ideas from such a broad range of other young professionals in such a really diverse set of companies as well. So like Sophie hearing about how Vodafone are looking into bee monitoring technology, like that was so interesting. I would have never in a million years guessed that Vodafone were thinking about things like that. And I feel like it was a really valuable opportunity to open our eyes into the broader spectrum of what's going on in sustainability across the professional world. Yeah. And just to build on that, Holly, I think this whole idea around broadening the way that we think about sustainability is also pretty intrinsic to the SDG project itself. I think like one of the things that we really enjoyed about working with the sustainable development goals is that the goals are not just about like carbon emissions or reducing deforestation, but they also address and, and draw attention to the social and economic consequences of the climate crisis. That's hugely important. It's great for organizations to think more creatively, more broadly about the impact that they have. I just wanted to add that I think the sustainable development goals were a, a good principle or a good prism for that discussion. I think on that as well, Jacob, is the sustainable development goals, similar to kind of what we were talking about at the program, it was really good to see kind of what other companies were doing in terms of sustainability so we can all kind of push forward in the right direction. And I think that's exactly what the sustainable development goals really are, but in kind of a global universal scale, that they're like a universal collective set of goals 
that countries and governments can use to kind of pressure each other in the right way and push each other forward. So yeah, like the end goal and kind of something to work towards for on a global scale rather than a program. Yeah, Sophie, I completely agree. I think it just probably brought all of our individual projects to life a bit more as well to say that they're very much material things and we can actually make a real practical, meaningful impact and that it's something that can be applied pretty much anywhere. It's not just, oh, you can only do this in the UK or you can only do this within your industry. It was very much so that we were given this space and opportunity to say like here's all the different areas that you can make positive change just go and do it and we had this sort of freedom there but just to know that what we were doing is actually going to do some really meaningful change as I mentioned just great cool so lastly before we wrap up if you guys wouldn't mind just talking about a challenge that your company is facing and one thing that you're excited about as you take your project forward I'm happy to kick off on that. I think one of the biggest challenges, as I'm sure it is with all of you, is that this is venturing into something new. And so not all of the information is always going to be there. There's not always going to be a path that you can follow that's already been defined for you. But I guess that is what makes it exciting. And I think that would probably be what our team is most excited for, is that we're really excited to learn some new things regenerative design it's a relatively new space there's some really good case studies on it across the globe not just within Arab but you know within the wider engineering space and I think it's gonna be really exciting to sort of learn some of that new stuff and getting to understand sustainability concepts and regenerative design concepts that perhaps we wouldn't touch in our day jobs for another kind of five, 10 years as standard. So yeah, I think that'll be really, really exciting sort of going off into the unknown and seeing what we learn. That's really awesome, Holly. I I might just jump in there because I think our reflections are are really pretty close to what you were saying. I mean, anytime you want to make a change, there is always going to be some resistance. And I think certainly when we've talked about the circular economy and this idea of moving from a a linear to a circular customer journey, often that seems like a a really big change to make to the way that organizations have done things in the past. And I guess as a team, we probably have two main reflections on that. The first would be that the climate crisis is exactly that. It's a crisis and we shouldn't be afraid of pulling for courage and and holding ourselves to a higher standard. But secondly, whenever you're making changes, you don't have to make them all at once. And that's usually actually a bad idea. So one of the things that we really emphasize is that it's important to prioritize the changes that you want to make, to test these, to gather feedback from customers and to iterate in an agile way. So those are probably our kind of main takeaways on this question of like, how do you get people to engage with the changes that you want to make? Yeah, absolutely, Jacob. I think that is definitely the challenge that we will face taking our solution forward and sort of finding ways that we can engage clients as customers and understanding the behaviors that they need to do and how they need to change is a challenge. But it's also, I just think, so exciting because it has been done before and it is being done in so many different ways. It's just really a matter of either building on existing ideas or creating new ones. And 
yeah and just being able to be part of that I think is extremely exciting yeah I think kind of what you said there Jacob about taking things step by step and try not to change everything at once because that can kind of seem overwhelming for you and overwhelming for whoever you're trying to make change as well but yeah step by step and a couple of years down the road or however long it is you'll look back and those little steps have kind of equation to something a lot bigger but yeah no, that's kind of something I'm definitely going to take away from this conversation as well one of the main challenges that we're facing and it's kind of something I touched on in the highlights of the program is finding time everyone in, in our team is extremely busy as I'm sure you are all as well and finding the time to kind of work on this side project is sometimes difficult with our day jobs so yeah, I think that's something that we definitely missed about the program and that we're struggling with a little bit now that the program is over. But all the same, we're going to keep kind of pushing through and, and make things happen. And it really kind of highlights to me the importance for company, companies to have these teams designated for sustainability. Sustainability isn't something you can have to. Um, and it's something that like they're very demanding projects that require a lot of work if you're going to develop it and execute it well. Uh, so yeah, that's something that's kind of really come to the forefront for me that you have to kind of have teams designated for this. And yeah, another one of the challenges that kind of is linked into that is Vodafone is such a large organization. It's sometimes difficult to know who to engage with in the organization for this kind of project. There's almost like kind of lots of different routes you can go down. So that's something we're currently trying to space out ourselves at the moment and, and plan out seeing kind of what the best route to take is. But that, I think, is also one of the reasons why I'm quite excited. It's the opportunity to work with new teams. I personally don't like being pigeonholed into any one role. I like kind of branching out, seeing what else is in the organization. So, yeah, that's one thing I'm really excited about. Working with new teams, getting even more perspectives, kind of seeing what we can do moving forward and taking BBIOT from the ideation stage into kind of the execution stage. Exciting times ahead. Amazing. Thanks all. Thank you for joining us today to discuss the program and just wider sustainability challenges. It's so great to hear ideas coming from young professionals and companies from so many different sectors and industries. I absolutely love the passion that we all brought today as well. It's very inspiring. And I'm really excited for us all to sort of put our solutions into practice and see some results hopefully in the near future. So thank you all. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to our Simply Sustainability podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information, please contact us at sustainability at